what is forgiveness? Forgiveness is the transfer of a debt caused by hurt and pain. A debt that is not humanly possible to ever repay to the one who actually has the ability and the means to pay it. There is nothing the human that hurt us, caused us pain, offended us, sinned against us, mistreated us. There's nothing they can do to make up for the pain that we carry as a result of that mistreatment. But there is a savior that knows exactly how to infuse our hearts with his in order to extend mercy and forgiveness towards our offender. But not only that, to heal what is broken as a result of that offense. And I want to invite you to journey in scripture in a way that opens your heart up to Jesus's call to forgive the way that he forgives, but also to heal your heart in spaces where you need healing around the topic of forgiveness. I created a 30 day Bible study on forgiveness. It has been birthed from my 30 day scriptural writing plan on forgiveness, but it takes you just a little bit deeper in the study of scripture and um, exploring the topic in a way that hopefully causes healing and transformation. It's also my attempt to introduce many of you to a study approach called inductive Bible study and inductive Bible study tries to combine the historical contextual elements of the times those scriptures were written or those words were spoken with timeless truths that still apply to the life of the believer today. And if you are wanting to study inductively, or if you particularly have a desire to heal from a broken heart around forgiveness or unforgiveness, I invite you to enroll in my forgiveness Bible study. You can do so by going to the show notes. There's a link there or go to deannamason.com forward slash forgiveness study and you know let jesus journey with you around this topic draw you into a stronger identity of a christ follower in regards to what he's called us to be as forgivers and just spend 10 15 minutes of time in bible study with him you can grab it in the show notes I hope to see you in there. Welcome to the Study, Pray, and Rest podcast. I'm Deanna, your host, and I'm happy to have you here. I want to apologize for publishing this late on Friday. I normally publish really, really early on Friday morning, so I just ask for your forgiveness if you are a regular listener to the podcast and you were looking for that um, early this morning. I know some people are like early morning podcast listeners as they're getting ready or they're on their commute. So, you know, I apologize. Just extend me a little bit of grace. This week was just really full and I just kind of lost my rhythm around my work on the podcast. So yeah, you can expect to have a podcast ready for you early Friday morning again, starting next week. So thank you so much for your grace and 
possibly forgiveness. We're in week three of our forgiveness series. And today we're going to talk about the difference between forgiveness, healing, and reconciliation. And if you have been a past listener to the Refresh Moms podcast, you're not going to be um, unfamiliar with today's guest. I have my friend, um, the lovely Dominique Young, who is a Bible teacher and founder of Faith Family Organization. It's a 501c3 that's just dedicated to um, contributing to the end of Bible poverty and teaching biblical literacy and getting people re-engaged with or engaged for the first time with Bible study. And I asked her to come on to share on the topic of forgiveness because this is something that is on her heart as well. We both basically had a desire during this month to dig in deeper in our communities with forgiveness. And she agreed to come on and share what God is revealing to her and showing her in regards to the nuance and difference in the forgiveness within the forgiveness process. So she wants to help us decipher between where we are in forgiveness as far as offering, extending forgiveness to ourselves or um, to others, whether or not we are in a, on a healing journey that's tied to an offense or whether we are on a reconciliation journey in regards to the um, healing of a relationship. So I just feel like this episode is full of insight and safety in regards to wisdom and knowledge. And I hope that God uses our conversation to further you along wherever you are in your forgiveness understanding or forgiveness journey. So without further ado, let's hop into this conversation with Dominique Young. Dominique, Thank you so much for spending your morning with me on the Study, Pray, and Rest podcast. This is an honor, a privilege, and a joy. I'm so happy to have you. Your first appearance on this particular platform, even though I think you were on the Refresh Moms platform several times. <laughs> but yeah. thank you for um, your voice of wisdom and love. I, I It's such a trusted voice in my life. And um, I'm just honored to have you. So thank you for sharing today on this very vulnerable and hard topic on forgiveness. Oh, thank you for having me. I am so excited and I am looking forward to digging in. Okay, (laughs) here we go. (laughs) Um, When I first put this study together, you know, it's like, well, I want to do something that complements my scripture writing plans. So I spent like a year writing scripture writing plans. And that's kind of like the first introduction to consistent Bible study for people that are like having a hard time fitting it in, but they're wanting to study. And it's like, I created these scripture writing plans for busy moms that, you know, let's just get a habit of setting down 10 minutes a day around the word. And, you know, don't worry about doing any more than that. And so now it's like, well, how do I take them just a little step deeper? What if they have 15 or 20 minutes to study? And so it's like, let's, let, let's do uh, an inductive study using the scriptures from the scripture writing plans. And so the first one that was, or the next one that was coming up when I made this decision was the one on forgiveness. Didn't even think about it. It was like, oh, we'll just do one on forgiveness. And so I start putting it together and putting it out there. And I'm realizing, wait, this is a, this is a vulnerable, this is vulnerable. 
you know, I thought I was just putting a Bible study together. And I'm like, no, people are hurting around this topic. People, it takes bravery for people to talk about unforgiveness in their hearts, whether it's towards a person, towards God, towards themselves. I'm like, this is multifaceted in how people hurt. And so I, I, I had to slow down a bit and be like, wait a minute. I had to talk about this with more softness and more grace. And um, the people that have signed up, you I, you have taught me something. I'm, I repent for assuming it was just as easy as putting together some lessons to study. It's like, as I study, I realize how important it is in the identity of the believer, but how challenging of a topic it is for his children. And so, yeah, just hear my heart when I say, I, I hear you. I, I applaud you for wanting to explore scripture around something that potentially is extremely painful. So for those of you listening and those of you that are studying, you know, yeah, just thank you for trusting me vulnerably in this journey. Um, and this podcast is just a supplement to your study, or for some of you, you may not even be studying it. Let it be, um, your study, let it be your invitation to lean in to Jesus in regards to forgiveness, your responsibility, your identity, as well as your pain around it. So I want to um, use this episode as an extension of the last two. So we opened the month talking about what forgiveness is, you know, just trying to find scripture support on what I've discovered forgiveness is. I'm not definitely not saying that is the totality of the definition or, or totality of what there is to know about it. In the second episode, I wanted to talk about what forgiveness is not. And many of the things that we talked about, those six myths around unforgiveness are things that we as Westerners, if you live in a Western culture, we've picked up just from culture, just lies that we've picked up along the way. Um, I'm not going to say that they are unique to Western culture, because I'm pretty sure you probably find some evidence of them even in ancient culture. But things that we have picked up in our own experience with scripture or Bible teaching or parental teaching, family of origin, or just societal norms. I don't know where they came from, but they are the opposite of the heart of God. And having to bump up against those myths as many times as we have to with the truth of the word is what helps our heart soften um, in this identity. And so I wanted to start here in talking about what was like the anchoring thought of the first episode, which is this quote, and I'm quoting myself <laughs> as far as I know. I'm like, I told Dominique, I'm not sure if I picked this up from somebody and, and took it on as my own or if it came out of my heart. I'm not sure. But forgiveness is the transfer of a debt that's impossible to repay to the only one who has the ability and means to actually pay it. It's the transfer of a debt that's impossible to, pay, to repay to the only one who has the ability and means to pay it. So Dominique, my first question to you is 
what do you think about when you hear that quote or maybe just the phrase this transfer of a debt what are some of your thoughts in regards to this topic of forgiveness and debt transference yeah first of all i think that quote is awesome and i think that it really sums up what forgiveness actually is and it makes me think actually of um, jesus on the cross And so what happens with Jesus on the cross, if we go to Luke 23, uh, verse 34, we know it. This is like a very famous line of Jesus on the cross, right? Jesus is on the cross. Um, Below him, there are people that are gambling over his clothes. People are that are saying, hey, if you're able, you know, if you're really the son of God, you should get yourself off of the cross and all of this stuff. And Jesus says this thing in verse 34. He says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And then it says, and they divided up his clothes by casting lots. And I've often asked myself, well, what did Jesus actually do here? Like when he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing, what actually happened? So we know that healing or taking away pain from Jesus didn't happen right there. He was still on the cross, actively still in pain. So we know that. And we also know that he was not then became best friends with the people that were gambling over his clothes. Mm. So we know that. So what actually happened here? was that Jesus understood the sin they were embarking in and the severity of the penalty of what they were doing was. Mm -hmm. And he basically said, God, I know I have every right according to your law to charge them for the full penalty of the pain of their sin, but I drop the charge. And so... Understanding forgiveness is understanding sin. So we know that within the kingdom of God, sin has a very severe consequence. According to scripture, it says the wage of sin is death, right? So that is the wage of sin. It's eternal separation from God. So like sin by itself without the sacrifice uh, of Jesus Christ, sin by itself, the wage is death. That is the penalty. And so by what they were doing to Jesus on the cross, they qualified and they they were guilty and they had ultimately had to pay the full wage and jesus was like while still in pain made a legal decision i talk about how forgiveness is legal not emotional but made this legal decision that i dropped the charge mm-hmm. that the the full penalty of sin be not charged to their account yeah. It didn't take away the pain that Jesus was experiencing in that moment. It didn't make him best friends with them. But he made a decision because he understood what they didn't know. Hmm. The interesting thing is that when we um, get involved in sin, and this is what they were doing, he says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. They didn't understand, hey, what you're doing is sin. And the punishment for this is severe and eternal. And so Jesus is like, I'm not going to wait for them to figure it out. I'm going to forgive them and allow that to be made available to them. Because though this hurts, I don't want them to be eternally separated from God and to live in hell for the rest of their life. Yeah. And so that's what it makes me think when you're talking about this transference of debt, we have to understand what the debt is. We have to understand that the debt is like this eternal suffering. And so when we forgive somebody, it's saying that, hey, I'm not saying this is okay, 
I'm not saying this doesn't hurt, but I'm making the decision to drop the charge because I don't want you to suffer eternal, yeah, the eternal suffering. I know yeah. that both of us are Jesus, not not Jesus, but for myself. I'm like, I know that I am worthy of that same charge. And those charges got dropped for me because of Jesus. Hmm. And so it's understanding the full penalty of sin and understanding that, hey, you know, I might not be okay with what you did. It doesn't make it right. But I dropped the charge. Yeah. For heaven's courts. And that's, that's I, what Jesus did on the cross is just so powerful to me. While they were yeah. actively, actively gambling over his clothes, actively mocking him. Yeah. Yeah. It's when we were praying before we started recording, recording it's like this, it's, it's a love that I, I don't comprehend, you know, why he loved the way he did, why he died for people that did not and would not ever choose him. Yet and still, he, he wanted to leave the door open in case they did. Because his love for them to not suffer the pain of death was greater than accusing them of their sin. So I love you too much to close the door to your reconciliation. Mm -hmm. So I will die. I will carry pain that I don't want you to carry. Um, I will remove it from your life. If there's a possibility that your heart would turn and reconcile to me. And that's a love that is very hard for humanity to grasp because why would someone pay such a huge price for what looks like an obvious rejection and an ob obvious disdain for who he is? Mm -hmm. Don't get it. But this is what he did. And not only is this what he did, he has also asked his followers to model the same. And one of the things that lets me know that we're able to model the same is the story I shared in the first episode about the slave that was forgiven the 10,000 talents from his Lord or from the King. And when his friend or fellow slave needed the same extension of grace for an amount that was so minute in comparison to what he was forgiven he couldn't do it. And that lets me know that what I'm asking you to do is so small compared to what I did. <laughs> Extending forgiveness to your fellow human, no matter the way, the, the size of the offense. Like I am not saying that there are different, there are not, I am not saying that there are not different levels of offense. I know there are, you know, you, you forgiving. I, I went to Uganda this sh summer. This, um, this is 2023 at the time of this recording and was part of a marriage conference that we went to host. And one of the huge sins that was addressed in this marriage conference was incest. Okay. So the men that repented, for incest 
in all the suffering that I'm sure that I don't care what culture you're in, incest will cause a lot of pain for many people. And it was a very painful thing for these families, extremely painful, extremely huge for men to confess this sin and, and ask for God to, to, to forgive them, which God did. I'm 100% sure that he did that sin compared to, I misspoke to you out of anger. They're not equal. They're not equal in pain and consequence. But they're still 100 denarii. <laughs> when we hold them up to the sin that Jesus forgave. And that's really hard because the bigger the pain, the more we want to dig our heels in the ground and say, it's, it's just not fair for me to extend mercy to someone that either is so evil or did something so evil or did something so um, sinful. And it's not because that's not true. It's because Jesus just wants to keep the door open <laughs> for them to one day reconcile to him. Um, and as hard it may be, as hard as it, as it may be to consider the fact that he will let a offender, um, a murderer, an incest, um, someone involved in incest, he will let them in heaven just as fast as he will let you in or me in. You just got to wrap your brain around the mystery of the love of God. Because he would. And um, we don't have to understand that to walk in it. But at the same time, he's not leaving us hanging in our pain, which is what I would like to talk about next. <laughs> so let's talk about pain in the healing aspects of forgiveness. So what part does our own pain, the consideration of our own pain have to have in our responsibility Let's just say everybody is in agreement. Okay, I, I agree. I understand that as a believer, I'm called to this identity. That this is part of my dwelling in the kingdom is being a person of forgiveness. I am signing off on that, but I am hurt. I'm hurting. What role or what part does our pain play in this whole forgiveness equation? So I like to talk about and kind of where I'm at now in my journey with God is to break down what we've often clumped together. Hmm. So when we tend to talk about forgiveness, we talk about it in the sense that it's, if I talk about forgiveness, it means that I've forgiven the debt, I'm completely healed, and that person is my best friend, right? So hmm. I clump it all together. So if one of those elements are missing, I feel like I'm a horrible person and I have, must not have forgiven, Right. I must not have forgiven. If I'm in pain, there must be something wrong with my forgiveness. Now, I what, one of the things that God has been showing me is to split these things up, right? So when we talk about forgiveness, understand that this is the cancellation of a debt. It means I drop my charge. I drop my case. I'm no longer seeking the suffering of another individual. So when I talk about forgiveness, it's I drop my charge. 
I drop my case. I'm no longer seeking, actively seeking the suffering of another person. Okay. And for many of us, when we hear that, we're saying, well, yeah, I'm not actively seeking the suffering of someone else. No, I, I mean, it still hurts. I'm not actively seeking their suffering. I don't want them to die and go to hell. Like, yeah, no. Well, then you may not have a forgiveness issue. You may have a healing issue. Mm-hmm. See, sin, it it there is an eternal wage to sin, but there is also pain associated with sin. Sin has pain attached, whether it is someone lying on you, gossiping about you, or whether it's molestation. Like sin has a pain attached, no matter what size we attribute the sin to, it has pain attached. So though I may have forgiven the person or canceled the debt, dropped the charge, right? And said, you know what, Lord, I'm no longer actively seeking their suffering, but it still hurts. Does that mean I haven't forgiven? No, it just means I'm in pain. I need God to heal me. This is the thing about Jesus on the cross. This is why I feel like this, what Jesus on the cross showed us so much. When Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. He was still actively very much so in pain physically from the result of their sin. Mm-hmm. And him forgiving did not stop the pain. And then we look at, okay, well, when did the when did the pain, like the physical pain of crucifixion end? And we would say, you know, it, at the, the, the death, burial and resurrection of Christ, he didn't come back. He came back with holes and evidence of the pain, but not still in the pain. And so we see from that is that the father healed Jesus, not the people that were hurting him. So the people that were down there gambling over his clothes, they were not the same ones that healed him. It was the father that healed him. So a lot of times when we look at forgiveness and we're circling and circling around, I need to forgive. I need to forgive. I need to forgive. But really it's a healing issue. And God's like, you've already forgiven. Now I need you to come to me so that we can heat so that I can heal you so that we can go on a journey in a process of healing right and a lot of times we skip that part we skip this part because it's like well if I'm a good Christian I should like it's kind of like a men in black memory eraser I should just forget and everything should just be great but that didn't even happen when we were watching Jesus Mm. like he forgave and still was in pain and that pain needed needed remedy and the only remedy was God the people gambling over his clothes, the people that put him on the cross couldn't heal him. The only remedy was God. But 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 it wasn't like as if Jesus pretended there was no pain. I mean, could you imagine being on the cross and like being like, I'm fine. Like, <laughs> it doesn't hurt. <laughs> I'm good. There is pain associated with sin. Yeah. And understanding that we need a remedy for that pain um, doesn't mean that we are bad, unforgiving Christians. It means that we need God yeah, and we need help yeah. processing to be able to pain that's left behind in the wake of sin. You describe what I believe I walked through and still am walking through when I realized how much pain I was in around injustice and inequity towards african-americans in our country and it's like there wasn't like any one person that i could point to you know it was like a collective corporate offense you know from years ago as well as you know current day 
and I can get mad at these systems and I can get mad at people's ignorance. I can get mad at people's indifference. I can get mad at people's um, wrong comments. I get mad at something as small as someone touching my daughter's hair and, you know, in the, in, in target, you know, whatever those things are that just reminded me of my anger and reminded me of the offense without there being any one person to point to. It was like this big collective offense and not everybody was guilty of it, but it just felt like it. You know, if you're white, you're guilty. And you know, that, that was wrong thinking, but that's the way it felt. Right. And for years without being able to name it, wanting some kind of um, restitution, some kind of declaration of the wrong, some kind of, admittance um some kind of expression of i care about your pain how that kept me in this cycle of pain it doesn't matter what they do and how much a person tried to um absolve the sin i don't know if i use that word correctly but it didn't matter. It doesn't matter the I'm sorry. It doesn't matter the secret inboxes. Deanna, I see you. I love you. I'm praying for your family. Deanna, I'm sorry on behalf of white people everywhere. You know, these are things that people have said to me. <laughs> it does. It didn't matter. It didn't remove the pain. And I remember talking to a good friend of mine. His name is Jim Moon. He's the host of um, Out of the Fog podcast. I've just given him a shout out. And we were having a conversation about this. And he said, Deanna, if, I'm, if you're ever in my presence and I say something or do something that's offensive in that regard, he was like, I am letting you know, I, I'm learning still. I'm, I'm you know, he's, he's a white man. I'm learning still. Um, I don't want to hurt you in that way. And I told him immediately, I said, I, I removed that responsibility from you. I said, you have a responsibility to me as your sister in Christ to love and all those things, but there's nothing you can do. I already know that you love me. I already know that you have my best um, in mind. I already know you care for me and my family and my kids. There's nothing else that you have to do to make me believe that because I'm black. All right. You I already know your character. And so an offense that you, or you may say something off is no different than my husband saying something off and having to deal with it. You don't hold a special place of, of care because you're white. And it was just this realization as of, they don't have it to give when it comes to taking this pain away. They don't have it. I don't care what, who gets elected in the office. I don't care what policies get changed. That is not where my pain is relieved. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> so I'll be in, I'll be in pain forever. Um, but putting that pain in front of the only one that can do something about it is where, what I've had to learn which has helped me love an offender in the midst of the offense. It has helped me extend mercy to um, the ignorant soul that is actively trying to hurt me. 
the same way Jesus did. We had the um, the KKK run through our neighborhood a few years ago, leaving flyers in yards. And as angry as that made me and as protective of my children walking around the neighborhood that made me and just it's just the anger that I got to now tell my daughter she can't be outside past something, past whatever time, because these folks are obviously in our neighborhood walking around, you know, you know, just the anger of having to make that change in her lifestyle. And being able to pray, Father, guide, guide their hearts to you, open their eyes to the love of God. There's more power in me doing that than going to the city council and demanding a response. Now, I'm not taking away some of these things. I don't, you do what God tells you to do because <laughs> God can be in a um, act of advocacy. I'm not saying, I'm not, hear what I'm saying. Hear what I'm saying. I'm saying the act of advocacy is not where your healing lay. That's what I'm saying. And mm-hmm. having to um, understand that you have been hurt and you carry a pain around that offense. Your offender doesn't have the 10,000 talents to remove the debt. They don't have it. No matter what they do, whatever, even if they try, they don't have it. There's only one person who can heal your heart. And you got to let them. And it may take years. But that's the only place you're going to find any help for your pain. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you have anything else to add to that before we go to the last thing. Yeah, that's so good. I I do. And I kind of, I, I understand your pain um, and the, the pain surrounding what you expressed. And I think that this, this again brings back to why it's so important to understand forgiveness and healing as two separate processes that complement one another. So in this instance, I can forgive. I'm no, I'm not seeking your suffering. Like I'm not actively seeking your suffering. I'm not seeking the suffering of systems. I'm not seeking everybody die and like anybody that ever, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not actively seeking that suffering. And like we chuckle, but I think people need to know if you're not actively seeking their suffering and you have forgiven. Yeah. And now you're like, well, what is it when I walk into the target and somebody touches my daughter's hair and I'm like, mm, that's mm-hmm. pain. Yeah. That's pain. Yeah. Like it yeah. hurts. It stings. It's like, don't do that. Like it, it, it's more, it's pain. It's not like I'm looking at that person. Like I want you to die and go to hell. And, and that is right. right? right. It's different. It's pain. And when pain twinges, we need to seek the Lord. But what's yeah. ended up happening for a lot of people that I talk to is that when the pain twinges, they go into a condemnation place and say, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. why haven't I forgiven? Mm-hmm. What's wrong with me? I thought I forgave this. I thought I forgave this. And then we go into fear, like God's not going to forgive my sins because I can't forgive this person. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? And we have to understand forgiveness is the cancellation of a debt, I'm no longer seeking that person's suffering. But that doesn't mean that when I walk down a target aisle and I see something that hits on a trauma spot that I'm not going to be like, oh my gosh, that hurts. Hmm. Or if I walk into a family reunion and I see that person and I automatically clam up and I got to leave. Hmm. That's not, that's not unforgiveness. That's pain. Yeah. 
And that needs to be taken to the father. And a lot of times we don't take it to the father because we're so busy in condemnation. Why haven't I forgiven? I thought I forgave. Like I remember vividly, like forgiving a person and being like, you know what? I'm no longer, I'm not seeking revenge. I'm not seeking their suffering. I forgave them, you know? And then three months later, I saw them in the grocery store and I about passed out <laughs> and I had to leave the grocery store. Cause I was like, oh no, I got to get out of here. And I'm telling you for like weeks, I was condemning myself. Oh my gosh. I thought I did it right. Yeah. I yeah. thought I forgave them. And God had to be like, Dominique, are you actively seeking their suffering? No. Do you want them to die and go to hell? No. Do you want to stand before heaven's courts and argue why this person is worthy of the full wage of, of sin? No. He was like, well, then you've forgiven them. And I was like, well, why do I feel like this? Because sin hurts. Yeah. And there is healing process that you walk through with God. That we walk through with God. So good. That's so good. We would do well just taking that in, in understanding this consistent um, contending for our hearts to align with the heart of Jesus. It's okay to every morning wake up, feel the pain, and remind yourself that I have forgiven. I'm journeying with God to heal my pain. There, I have people in my life, well, particular person in my life that has caused me tre- a, like a really tremendous amount of pain. Like I can, it's like probably three instances I can look over my 50 years of life of like really significant into things that people have done that have caused like really deep pain. And this particular person, every time I would just see them on Facebook, <laughs> like I wasn't seeing these people in public on Facebook, there, this whole reaction would just spiral. And I remember being in prayer a couple years ago. It may have been last year. <laughs> this is recent. This is recent stuff. And just contending for that pain to be removed. I knew that I had forgiven them, but I was so tired of feeling what I felt when I just saw them comment on somebody else's thread and all the thoughts that came up and all the judgments that came up when I read it and and all the things that I felt about their character. (laughs) And I was like, God, I want it gone. I want it gone. And that's something that I have to journey around. But that doesn't mean I haven't forgiven. It's, I love the way you put it. It doesn't mean that I think ill, like I want bad for their lives, that I don't want them to have good, that I don't want their children to be blessed, that I don't want their marriage to be blessed, that I don't want their lives to be full of the fruit of Jesus. I want that for them but I still hurt. Now, as of today, I hurt a little less. I hurt a little less, but that's because I am allowing this tenderness of my heart to be laid at the throne. And like, God, show me where there's still darkness in my heart. Show me where there's still wrong thinking in my heart. Show me what I haven't let go. And those are things, those things are unique to everybody in every experience, in every scenario. Um, I want to close with this. 
because this is really <laughs> this is really good and I can really like talk about it with just the scenario that I just shared but what is our responsibility around reconciling with an individual that has caused us tremendous pain do we have a responsibility around reconciliation you know, I love the way Jesus talks about reconciliation. Oftentimes when he's teaching surrounding forgiveness, he's teaching brother to brother, sister to sister. He's talking about those that are within the body. Um, but he also gives us um, some other information, especially right here when he's on the cross, he shows us even those that have not accepted Christ, even those that have are not following his way. So he shows us both, but he really talks a lot about this concept of reconciliation and he pairs it with repentance. So the person on the the side that the offender, the offender side, the responsibility of repentance, and the person on the offender side, the responsibility of being open to reconciling, mm -hmm. open to to reconciling in relationship. And the interesting thing about relationship. And the interesting thing about reconciliation is that whenever you enter into a relationship with somebody, there are clear boundaries, whether they've never sinned against you or anything. Like I understand that there are some relationships I enter into, I divulge more information than other relationships that I enter into. So we have to understand that a reconciled relationship is a new relationship, right? Mm -hmm. That I'm entering into with the person. So it may look different than the than the time before but i think that you know god's like be available for a reconciled relationship but also understand that the other party has a part to play too right unlike forgiveness the cancellation of a debt i can do that with or without you mm -hmm. like with or without a conversation with you you know with or without your repentance you know i can make the legal decision to forgive the debt Right. I can make that legal decision to be like, God, I dropped the charge. You know, I don't I no longer I'm going to pursue them for their suffering, even though they deserve it. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to pursue them. But with repentance, because it's a relationship, it it are re with reconciliation, excuse me, because it's a relationship. Repentance is required in order to wisely enter into a reconciled relationship. I can be very much so available and God wants us to be in a place where we're available for reconciliation, where we're available for that. He wants to heal us to a point where we're available for that. Mm -hmm. But we have to also understand that according to scripture, wise reconciliation requires repentance. I always look at Joseph's story and some people may like... <laughs> people teach differently about Joseph. It cracks me up. But one of the things that I love about Joseph that some people may like squint their eyes about Joseph is that when his brothers came and he recognized his brothers, you could immediately see there was love for his brothers. Mm -hmm. He loved them. Like you could see it. You could see the overwhelming emotion. You could see the, like, I just want to reach out. I want to run out and grab them. And like, I want everything to be back to the way it was. You can kind of feel it. At least I could when I'm reading it. But he waited to see the heart posture mm. of his brothers. And that was wisdom mm -hmm. because Joseph now has a responsibility, second in command in Egypt. Like, and he he understands the weight of that. 
if he rushes to bring back people who have not changed their hearts, it could be destructive to what he's been called to do. And a lot of times, because we lump in forgiveness with reconciliation, we rush back into unwise relationships with people that are unrepentant. Mm -hmm. And we have to be willing to be patient. I think this is a big part, even in our um, our role or the role of, I should say, the role of the person that has been offended or sinned against. We have to be willing to be patient enough to allow God to do what he needs to do in that person's life and heart. Yeah. Instead of rushing in to a relationship in order to prove our holiness or to prove that we have forgiven this person. We have to recognize that in order for healthy repentance to take place or healthy reconciliation, these two are words, I'm telling you, I keep <laughs> tripping on them. But in order for healthy reconciliation to take place, I've got to be patient enough for God to deal with that person's heart for repentance to occur. I love how Jesus, he walks us through, um, he walks us through a process. He says, he says, hey, if your brother has uh, has sinned against you or if your brother uh, has offended you in any way, he says, go in and tell them. Now, the reason he's saying this is because you would have a desire to reconcile your relationship with this person. So he's saying, in order to do that, you've got to go and say, hey, this hurt, whatever. And it says, if, if, if this person listens, hears you, then you've gained a brother. If not, it goes down the list. He goes down the list. He says, then bring, you know, two witnesses. If that doesn't work, then, then bring it before the authorities of the church, right? And he goes through this. And then he says, and if that doesn't work, he says, treat him like a pagan and a tax collector. Mm-hmm. And and we know that Jesus is saying this. So we understand that the way Jesus treats pagans and tax collectors is not that he hates them, is not that he slanders their name. It's just that while they're in that, that state, if they decide they continue want to be a pagan, they continue want to be a tax collector, you know, in that ancient time of what tax collector means. But if they decide they want to do that, it's not that he doesn't love them, but he can't bring them close. Mm-hmm. Right. And so he's teaching us this. He's like, yeah, you can go and try to reconcile a relationship by being honest about the pain that it's caused. But you have to be willing to allow that person to repent. And if they refuse, you have to be willing to put space and distance between the relationship and give God the opportunity to do what he needs to do in their heart in, in hopes that they would be repentant and the relationship would come back instead of rushing into every relationship. Mm-hmm. It's, it's unwise and it's, it's not, um, what Jesus taught us to do. It's he taught not. Us to be yeah. I want to talk just really briefly about, a, to, to differentiate between two things that I don't think we do very well as humans is a, a clearly defined sin being done against you is one thing. A misunderstanding is something else. And misunderstanding and going to your, like, let's say we apply this process to a misunderstanding. And then I want to, I want to talk about the safety of that process too, in a second. But the, if you, when we apply that process to a misunderstanding, sometimes there's something that needs to happen in your heart and not the other person. And going to someone trying to force your perspective and the way you think something should have been taken or understood or, or addressed doesn't necessarily mean you're right. Okay. So 
when we're talking about misunderstandings and even with sin, but specifically misunderstanding, sit with that with God for a minute and see if you can decipher between the feeling of a perceived misunderstanding or a correction that you might need to make on your end in order to what either communicate more clearly or whatever those things are. Okay. They're not the same thing. Yeah. I just wanted to say that I think what you're saying is so pivotal that we understand what sin is and that we understand what is an offense. Like I've, I'm offended by something that you've done um, versus what is clearly sin. Um, And then that is also, even when we're dealing with offense, that is the benefit of bringing in others because they may say, actually, yes. what what you're saying is not that seems a more of a personal issue, yes. right? So that that is a good way to kind of gauge that. And then also you have to understand that Jesus is talking about reconciling with a brother. There are some people that have sinned against us that we don't know, we don't have relationship with. We have no this is not go out and find everybody that's ever sinned against you and reconcile with them. That's also dangerous and not a teaching of Jesus where every time that if if somebody has done something really like sinned against you when you were a child and you have, you don't know this person, like you have no relationship with this person. Jesus is not saying, okay, now because you're a Christian, you have to now go make a relationship with them because you know, you need to be available for, rec- I don't know them. He's talking about, your brothers and your sisters and they've sinned against you yeah and this is the process that you go through so it's kind of like those lines when it comes to reconciliation I think that is then that is why I believe that God has me in this place with forgiveness he's like you got to separate forgiveness healing and reconciliation Mm. so that you don't prematurely jump into reconciliation thinking that that is forgiveness and that we don't we don't ignore healing because we think that by ignoring the pain that means i've forgiven so being able to identify where am i really in this process mm-hmm. do i have a forgiveness issue these are really great questions to sit before the lord at least it's helped me do i truly have a forgiveness issue when i think about the sin that has happened to me from this other person Do I want them to suffer? And am I willing to use my resources to cause them suffering, pain, and harm in hopes that they feel what I feel? When I think about the sin that was done to me, do I I say, God, they deserve to die and burn and go to hell? If that is me, which for some listening, it might be, that is a forgiveness issue. Yeah. In which God says, hey, I want you to decide to forgive them because I have forgiven you. But then we may say, nope, that's not my issue. Well, great. You don't have a forgiveness issue, but you may say, but it still hurts when I see them. That is a healing issue. We take that to God, right? And then on the the third thing is that, well, I don't want them to die and go to hell. I'm not trying to seek revenge. I'm not trying to seek their suffering, but I don't necessarily feel safe around them. And I don't feel like, we should enter in a relationship. Well, this is that is a reconciliation issue. And part of it could be a healing issue as well. Hmm. Because if the person is repentant, truly repentant, and I still can't, that could be a very a healing issue. There's some trauma and things that I need to work with or work through with God. But it also could very well be 
has the person repented? Has the person shown any signs of wanting to reconcile the relationship? Or is it just something I think I have to do in order to check the box that I've forgiven? Yeah. It's a completely separate process. So I think that as we sit before the Lord, we have to say, okay, God, where am I really? Because if I have a healing issue, but I keep calling it a forgiveness issue, then I keep trying to deal with it in, in a way, in a wrong way. Or if I have a reconciliation issue, but I think I have a forgiveness issue, then I'm, I'm going about it the wrong direction because that's not the true issue. So I think really sitting down with the Lord and saying, okay, God, search my heart. What is the issue? Really, Do I really have a forgiveness issue? Do I have a healing issue? Do I have a reconciliation issue? And then being, and then allowing ourselves to surrender to the Lord to help us where we actually are mm-hmm. and so that we can put true language around what's actually happening in our lives. Yeah. We, when we break these three big things down into their parts, we have forgiveness, we have healing, we have reconciliation and surrender to the Lord. He can show us where he needs to deal with our heart as opposed to us trying to force like more forgiveness if i just forgive better the pain will go away Mm. if i just forgive better then i can be in a relationship with an unrepented person if i just forgive better and god's like it is not a forgiveness issue take your hands off of that we need to move on to healing Mm. or i need to show you what true biblical uh reconciliation looks like yeah it starts with recognizing where we are and surrendering that to the lord yeah it's just so good. Can you tell the listeners, there's two things I want you to tell them, tell them about the, where they can find you in regards to your app and your community there and how they can find your um, published Bible study on you version. All right. Well, I'm glad you asked the you version question. I never talk about it. I should really talk about that more. <laughs> um, but you can actually go to your app store and we have two apps. We have the Faith Sisters Tribe where you can find me um, and there's a work there and supports there. And then the Faith Brothers Tribe, which we're connected where you can find my husband. Um, if you're listening to the, the podcast and you are a brother, um, you can find um, that there. So both of those you can find on um, your app store. And if you are a YouTuber, you can find us on Faith Family Worldwide on YouTube, um, studying the Bible each and every weekday morning. Um, and then if you are on version, you can find um, a, a Bible plan that I did called Look Again, um, Finding God in the Midst of the Storm. And if you just search that, like Look Again or Look Again, Dominique, you can find it there. And I can also share the link with Deanna for mm-hmm. in the show notes as well, where you can click on it directly. Um, but that that Bible plan is really about, you know, seeing God in the midst of the storm. A lot of times when we go through struggles or circumstances, we think God's not there. Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I must have done something. Is he upset with me? Where is he? Um, but he's right there. And sometimes we just have to look again. Mm-hmm. So, yep. That's I will me. have links to all of that in the show notes, or if you're listening, there are links to this show notes. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Dominique, for spending your morning with me and um, sharing on such an important topic as forgiveness. I truly, truly hope to have your voice back on another topic in the soon coming future. But thank you. Thank you once again for uh, sharing the wisdom um, that you carry with 
my space and my people. Amen. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Study, Pray, and Rest podcast. Listen, you may have a question after listening to what you heard today, or maybe God spoke something specific to your heart. I'd love to hear it, and I'd love to journey with you around it. If you can just leave a comment on this episode or email me at deanna at deannamason.com. You can join the Study, Pray, and Rest community on Instagram. We're at Study, Pray, and Rest. And don't forget to leave a star rating and review. The more of those we receive, the more people we can put our podcast in front of. Thank you so much for listening and we'll chat soon. Bye for now. Thank you.